Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hey, babe, welcome to the show. At last, we've been rescheduling this many a time and finally we're here. So thank you. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. I was laughing actually because I saw your story just before I came on. You were like, yeah, housework next door is still still going. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, so we scheduled this for 6 p.m. They're meant to like stop being crazy next door at that time. They're going right until just before 6 p.m. and then they stopped. So I'm glad that we could actually do it and we didn't have to reschedule again. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So do you want to give a brief hello and a little bit of a sprinkle of who you are for our listeners? Yes, thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Amy. Just thank you so much for having me. So I'm Emma and I'm a human design reader, a jinkies guide, energetics coach. Uh, that's my vibe. I live in Ibiza with my man and two puppies, our little rescue cat. Um, yeah, it's really, to be honest, that's <laughs> kind of my vibe right now, in and out of the coves in Ibiza teaching energetics that's literally where I've been for you know a good old couple of years so amazing and from memory you're a manifester in human design right yeah so you're a manifester I'm a mental projector um and I'm excited to talk to you also about gene keys because I forgot that you actually are into the gene keys so we can totally riff in all of the different little rabbit holes today um so for anyone who's listening uh I have a previous episode that goes more into like the basics of human design but in this episode we're really going to look at like how can you use these frameworks these different ways of seeing the world and seeing yourself to empower your journey with things like manifestation and money and business and we'll just kind of see where it goes but I know for me, finding out that I was a projector and a mental projector was just like mind-blowing. All these bells started going off and I started realizing all of these ways that maybe I'd been going against the design of being a projector and the things that I'd been taught in business that were not true for me. Um, So uh, why don't we start there? Like what... If, if someone's like just sort of getting into human design or maybe they know a little bit, 
what part of their chart or what aspects of their design should they look at if they want to create success in their business? Like if there was one part of there's so many things on the chart, right? But it's like, where would you invite someone to look at initially when it comes to success? Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> such a juicy question. So when I'm looking at the chart, especially most people that come in for readings, the question's always the same. How can I find my purpose? Like I want to find my purpose. What's my purpose? I want to know what that is. Now, Within the human design system, of course, it's speaking about your energetics, you know, what's uniquely yours, what's your inherent nature. And so firstly, we have to look at all of the ways that we are showing up to the world in our not self theme, like the mask that we've put on, you know, it, and really human design is asking, who were you before the world got hold of you? You know, what mm. would happen if you were just fresh and you just came out into the space and so this is what we look at. So first and foremost, I think it's really how we define success, you know? And I think so many of us connect with success through a really conditioned lens. Like, ah, uh, if, if I hold down the business and as long as I hold down the business, I'm successful. I'm like, how's your nervous system? You know, and I know this is so much of your work as well. It's like, how how much do you love spending time? You know, how much are you present in your actual life? Like how much joy do you have? How easeful does that feel? And so when I'm looking at success, firstly, it's always that question, what is success to you? Right. And starting to unpack that with that person. So initially, then it moves to the question of, right, well, how can I manifest? How can I bring into my world what I want? And one of the first places I always go to is the root center so if anyone like what on earth is she chatting about on the body graph so when you draw up your charts you'll see all of the centers the root is right at the bottom and it will either be colored in or it will be wide open and if it's colored in it means you're defined you've got a defined way of working with uh, pressure and stress if it's open it's more it's quite prone to amplifying and taking in the stress of the world and so it's connected through, in fact, let me backtrack just a minute, because if anyone listening that's just thinking human design is like a personality test, <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's very, very deep. And it's connected when we're working with these activations and this flow of energy, it's connected to different areas of our body. So the reason I'd go to the root is because that's connected to our adrenals, like the energy that we get to actually go out and take on the world around us, you know? So all of the stuff we're trying to call in, like, ah, oh, I want to, I just want to like really hold my business. I want to be able to bring more clients in and I want to work with more people. That can only happen when your energetics, when, you're, when your actual body feels good and vibrant, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure we both know what that feels like when you're burnt out and then you're trying to manifest because right? you've got a bigger part of you that's like, hun, we don't think we can hold this vision actually yet. We're not ready, right? We're mm -hmm. burnt out, we're stressed. We, we're not ready to actually step into that vision that you're saying that you want. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in answer to that question, adrenals, you know, what are they saying? What's your relationship with stress? If you're open, you're going to be amplifying stress around you all the time. If you're defined, you, you'll have a different way of processing it. But that would always be my go-to. Mm -hmm. 
is also if someone was a manifester and they were like, but I just don't like using my voice. I just, I'm so terrified to speak. I'm so terrified to speak my truth. You know that, of course, that's another place. Well, how is that actually working for you right now? You know, how successful is, how aligned do you feel right now? And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's so many, so many places, but yeah, root and stress, big one, always. Yeah. And so if you're someone who has an open root center, I have an open root center. In fact, almost all of me is open, to be honest. So if someone who's listening has that too, maybe they're like freaking out right now, like, oh no, it's open. I'm amplifying stress. Like, um, (laughs) but obviously it's not the case that you can't be successful. It's open because I am, I got the open centers. Loads of people do. Uh, what would it, what would it be that allows you to be able to expand your capacity for success or to hold more clients or maybe more money or more love? Like, where do you start? Is it like you start it somewhere on the chart or you actually start in your physical reality, like nourishing yourself, protecting yourself? Like what, what does that look like? Yeah, I love that. You know, and I really just want to share this piece because so many of us, when we're like, right, I just trust, I trust that the universe is going to bring me what I want. I trust that life's happening for me. And we've kind of got that chat on point right by now. <laughs> and we're like, we're good with that. But my question is actually, do I trust in my body's capacity to actually be a conduit for this energy to pass through me? Right? Do I actually trust in my body's capacity to hold vision? And so when we're coming into working with our energetics, it really is so important that we first start looking at all of the ways that we are not actually allowing ourselves to live in truth or actually be courageous enough to look at the ways that we are borrowing other people's strategies, right? Taking on other people's stuff and holding that in the body. And so by using the blueprint of your human design chart and you can really, it gives you that opportunity to look at again, your inherent nature, right? That space is like, this is you. And then all of this other stuff that you're layering on top. Like imagine if for a hot minute that you could just breathe and take that away. Let's just come back to this activation and see actually how you can move into that truth. Mm -hmm. So exactly openness. (laughs) So many of us have openness. I'm also here like sitting with an open route. So no, it doesn't mean anyone's doomed. But as an example, if you're open in your route, a lot of people are, it can feel like all day. And I don't know if you're like this, Amy, but I used to be so highly strung. Like it would be like, wake up in the morning, like, right, I'm going to have my drink. I'm going to have my coffee. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do the client constant to-do list all day long. And I would be squeezing up through my perineum, like squeezing up through my route all day. So no matter what Mm. I was doing, I'd be like, doing the washing up, I'd be doing the things. And it would literally be like, oh, my body was just like tense all the time. Mm-hmm. And so even just becoming aware of that and just working with that simple practice of literally like relaxing, relaxing the root, attuning to what pressure is mine, what pressure do I work with now? I call them pressure points. It really starts to help to alleviate some of that stress, you know, because it's such a big piece. The reason why I've gone there and shared that is because so I it, there's a real beautiful concept called energy fasting, right? Where there's not 
there's not a lot of us that know what it really truly feels like to be in our own energy, right? To really be in our own sense of self. And so much, we're so used to it, like being stimulated all the time, having caffeine, having all of the things. And by the way, bloody love of coffee, matcha, all the stuff. But we're really used to being hijacked all day, all of the time. And that's with energy, that's with thoughts, that's with other people's dreams, visions. And so, yeah, it's a really powerful piece when we start to go, well, how do I actually relate to stress? What's my relationship with stress? Because it should be a good thing, mm-hmm. but which is great. But so many of us take it in and then we're actually just working from this hijacked state, wondering why life feels hard or wondering why we can't manifest because actually we've got a bigger message vibrationally going on that says we can't hold this vision right now because we're processing other things so Mm, yeah so relax the butthole and get present (laughs) in your meditation (laughs) yeah you know I read this interesting thing the other day and it was I think it was speaking to projectors, but it might've just been speaking to people who have a lot of open centers, which projectors do. And it was saying how we're always trying to like get energy from from somewhere else to like feed our open centers. And the post was basically talking about looking at like how you're always trying to like fill yourself, like with your phone or with food or all of these patterns. And I thought that was really interesting because if somebody didn't know about human design, they might just look at the symptom of that and be like, oh, I'm just a binge eater. I'm just addicted to my phone. And I was like looking at this on my phone, literally doing this as I was reading it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put my phone down and like, you know, kind of what you were saying, like this energy fast. I was like, oh, how can I just sit with myself right now and notice how uncomfortable that feels? it's probably why people are so afraid of things like the partner as well, right? It's just like sitting yes. in their own self with their own thoughts. Yes, exactly. And it's, and of course, none of us are an island. We are all supposed to, you know, connect with one another, but it's so, it's so rare that we can honestly say, yeah, I know what it feels like to be me. Like I really saw this beautiful quote that was like for ages ago and it was I spent years not knowing that I was missing right which sounds a bit like depressing but like you know really true <laughs> like I'm like this is a really beautiful inspiring motivating quote but yeah. it's so true like so many people finally get to that space where they're like oh shit like no wonder I haven't felt great this whole time. Now, it's not to say like the, the beauty of any openness within the chart, they have a potential to really um, express the highest essence of that experience. And so example, Open G, which of course you um, absolutely live with, is being open with the highest essence of what it is to connect with direction, identity, with self-love. Like you connect to the highest experience and essence of that. Um, of course, in the lower frequency, it's when we are taking in other people's identity and not knowing who we are, and we we create an identity out of that. Like, oh, I don't know who I am. I just, you know, I'm just sampling all these people all the time, and I'm so lost. Um, but yeah, the open centers are really, really powerful, really, really powerful places to um, start to sample and experience actual the purity of 
you know, source or consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Let's speak to that open G center for a minute. Mm. Would this be something that's quite powerful for somebody who say they're in business and they find themselves comparing themselves to like all the people they're following and then like changing and shifting and maybe like launching something thinking that it's like, oh, this is it. Or even, even like actually as a different example, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but loads of really powerful women are falling pregnant at the moment. And <laughs> one of my other girlfriends was like, I, I don't think I want a baby, but now I'm seeing everyone having a baby. Like, do I want a baby? And I was like, girl, I don't think you want a baby. Like, I think you've just been <laughs> center right now. Um, and so would this be something to look at for people who do experience that comparison or like sort of figuring out who they are as a brand and a business yes and this is the thing like the open g so when that's really in its powerful state it's someone that will go out into the world and they'll be a plethora of things they're happy to be trialing so many ways that they're going to be like throwing themselves into one day being a brickie the next day they're like mate now I'm a human design reader and the next day like yeah now I'm going to go train dolphins that's completely correct for someone. But what happens is they kind of do this and they sample and they try and then they compare themselves to others. They're like, I don't know if that's correct. Like these people seem so solid in who they are. They seem to know who they are. And actually open G in its highest essence is actually someone that's there to really be a, um, just be that real beautiful example of what it is to not be connected or rigid or fixed with a sense of what we see as identity, right? Whatever that means. And so exactly when it comes to business, it might be that someone with an open G is taking in and sampling, but it's just being wary of it, you know, because they might find that they fall in someone's field or Instagram page and they're like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm going to have to become this person. And they kind of find naturally that they then start changing all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. or they move into the next person like shit I like that colorway as well and then they start going back and rebranding and repackaging um and so that might of course not feel that conducive to actually being like what's uniquely me so this is where it's epic because in the world of bringing jinkies into this conversation when we're working with branding we want to work with energetic branding and so in the same place that we see what we call life's work it's also the sphere of our brand within the jinkies and so it's really awesome for open g to be connecting with something higher like what is actually then uniquely mine what energy am i imprinting so no matter what flavor i'm in no matter whether i'm a brickie today or tomorrow i'm spitting bars on something else on the tedx talk you know i would i want to bring my essence through to all of those things and so it really helps find an anchor because so many open G's can take such a long time feeling like they need to be fixed on one way or one direction. And it's just not the way they're designed at all. Yeah. What's your life's work in Jinkies? I'm on Jinky 6, which is all about conflict to um, it's resoluting and yeah, coming through. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's all about conflict. That's what, that's what my life's work is. But it's really working with relationship. And so I'm really journeying into relationship to relationship and what that really means and looks like. And so, yeah, it's really landed me when I see that I work now with so many beautiful people and guiding them to their relationship with self. Like it's it's all there in that 
in those codes, which is really awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Do you know yours, Ames? I'm, that's, that's, what, that's why I'm looking down right now because I'm like, I'm like trying to get my Jane Keys chart up while you're talking. <laughs> I'm like, because, you know, I think, I think I know what it is. And you know what? I worked with a coach for like three months on this, but sometimes I confuse like the numbers with what's what's, but I think it's 33. Yes. Um, one of them is 33.3. And that's why I have the 333 on my, um, yes, to live a mythical life. life, It said when I learned about it. Yes. Well, I love actually Amy as well, because your, um, your culture. So this is how we connect with our community. Yours is in Jinky 31. Actually mine, that's in my Pearl, um, sphere. That's about leadership and literally it makes complete sense because you're sitting on a fourth line. I know this might sound like gobbledygook, but it's just some people that are like, mate, all these numbers is just like a mathematical equation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ultimately your space in culture on the fourth line of community, bringing it into the essence of the community is teaching what and embodying what that is to be real true leadership and ultimately um, feeling into that essence of humility, like the highest city experience of that jinky is humility so I love it because I feel like that's totally you <laughs> yeah with a shadow of arrogance <laughs> um, I was yeah I was a little bit triggered when I first heard that but then I massaged the gene keys a little bit and I was like oh okay arrogance actually means something different to what I thought it meant yeah um, so with with the gene keys obviously this is so deep like even I did this three months of coaching on it and I highlighted all the book and even still it's like there's so much to unravel and still that I'm yet to understand. If someone is first diving into the jinkies and say they want to look at it mostly for their purpose and maybe their business, their mission, et cetera, where should they look first? Like, is it the life's work? Is it the pearl? Like, like where to go? So with the jinkies, how they cross over. So within human design, it's a synthesis of lots of different modalities. One of those beautiful modalities is the I Ching, the Chinese I Ching. And so this is what we call gates in the human design system. So all of those 64 numbers on that chart are the, are the gates in human design. Jinkies is calling that system of gates jinkies, right? So. All right. I didn't know that actually. Yeah. So they're cool. the same. So they work into the same system. But Jinkies is a translation of, it's a modern day I Ching. So Richard Rudd, who's a beautiful creator and just messenger of the Jinkies, is just next level, as you'll know, if you've ever opened a Jinkies book, like <laughs> this wisdom, it's like complete wizardry. So yeah, when you're starting with this, one of the places to look on your human design chart um, is in what we call the incarnation cross. And so that is your placements of sun and earth on those two columns on either side of the body graph. So there'll be four different numbers sitting there. So we have your life's work, your purpose, your evolution, and also um, your radiance, you know, what, what's connected to the body, what keeps you healthy. So this is where to start with jinkies because this, they call this the activation sequence. Um, so this is really what you wanted to go through to unlock. Like when you're truly living this on a, a level of frequency, like it's a real cellular regeneration when we're working with these codes. 
um, it naturally starts to unlock the next sequence, which is the Venus, which is when we're connecting to relationships. Um, and then we have what's called the pearl sequence, which is connected to our energy branding, like who we who we be, who we are, how we show up in community, um, what our energetic brand is, what our vocation is. Like it's just so juicy. So if you were to pull, I'm trying to think actually, lovely because. I don't know where you can pull your gene keys from like a free from a free platform with just seeing your gene keys full on pathway. Um, I think you might be able to on genekeys.com, um, but you'll see it. And so I would always say one of the best places to go to is simply on your human design chart, what we call the conscious sun. So can you see on the body graph, if you're looking at it, anyone listening to this, you've got the two columns, red and black. <clears throat> that black column, that very, very first square at the top is what we see is your life's work is connected to your brand. So knowing that and sitting with that can be really powerful because you can start to understand, oh, this is the essence of this. So to give it context, Amy's is sitting in her throat. So we know within the human design system that the throat center is about literally manifestation in action. It's how we translate and communicate our deep inner reflections and bring that out to the world. So when Amy's sitting there with that idea, like, okay, my life's work is coming from my throat center. She knows that that's going to be deeply connected to that work. Um, whereas like for me, mine sat in my emotions, which is a big awareness center with connecting to desire and relationship from that standpoint. So I know that's really what's where I'm being guided in this lifetime. So, yeah, it's really juicy and super, super powerful to just start piece this. It's great when you can see them together and give it even more context. Yeah, because I actually didn't realize until you just illuminated this that the incarnation cross is actually the gene keys numbers like yes. the four main gene keys numbers so like mine are 33 19 24 and 44 yes. very I'm very pleased that two of them are angel numbers <laughs> yeah you're like of course they're double digits for me <laughs> um yeah and that's just so exciting how they cross over like that and I also didn't know what you just said about the throat because a lot of my trauma and a lot of the wounding that I've had to move through has been related to my throat mm. um, and literally physical abuse in my childhood related to my throat. And so as I like met all of these healing edges and moved through it, what I found was that like I unleashed my voice more and more. And it's like now the voice is literally the instrument that makes my whole world go around, you know, podcasts. I channel everything in the moment from my mind to my throat, you know? Um, so is it, would you say that that's like a common thing where it's like, I don't know, you know, that quote where it's like the wound is where the light enters you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 100%. Every time, every time, like that for you makes complete sense, especially because your throat is open. So that is going to be a deep discovery for people with open throat to really find their voice. And I find that actually a part of that process for people with an open throat is to, they become, they, they get to journey into speaking truly when it really feels right for them. You know, like a lot of people with an open throat can be trying to attract attention there or like overly trying to fill the space or fill the silence. But actually when you really attune to that 
potency of this open throat. It's um, it's speaking when you've actually got the message. You know, it's not just speaking to speak for anything. Um, but it makes sense because especially if you grew up in a house with caregivers or people of influence or authority, like teachers, um, school systems, and even your friends at school, you can really take a long time with an open throat to be discovering your voice. You know, it's like you're taking on and sampling different people's ways of expressing. Um, and so it's really beautiful for your calibration because you have got the head and the ajna together. We know that as the mind in the human design system. And so the beautiful conduit there is that you're tapped into source and then channeling that through to the voice, um, which, yeah, it makes it makes total sense mm -hmm. in your journey. And I certainly resonate also. Like for me, everything has been about deepening the relationships with people around me. And that's been such a trigger and such a, such a journey through my childhood was really trying to come into these deep relationships and, and coming into a space of diplomacy rather than conflict. Like I experienced so much conflict uh, growing up with, with relationships. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it never, it never ever surprises me, you know, like yeah, when I yeah. call people charts and I'm like, yeah, there you are, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> So what about for people who have the opposite of, say, like me, I only have the defined head. A lot of people have the open head centers, right? Yes. And from my understanding, and I'm sure you can give us so much more on this, it's like for these people, it's being mindful of the thoughts and ideas that you're consuming because that can obviously then influence your thoughts and ideas, um, and so like when I've had clients have this open center and they're wanting to channel like a program or channel their next thing, I'm like, okay, just like shut out everyone else's launches and all like the noise right now and just get super clear on like, what is God asking you to create? Yes. Open head and Ashna. So open mind is, it's got the potential to be, oh, it's, it can be really powerful. Like Carl Jung and also um, Einstein for peeps, they are open heads, open Ajna. Um, but it takes practice because you are someone that is there exactly taking in ideas and concepts and opinions. So unless you're really fortified in your sense of self, and this is why we always start with authority and human design and strategy, because you've got to rely on those to really decipher is this mine is this for me you've got to be quite solid there because otherwise we're just completely swayed all the time like we might be thinking something might be coming through like really streaming and then you're like oh I don't know if I trust that actually and never commit I also find with the open head and open ashna is these people don't really bring it into form that much because they are so naturally open-minded that they go <gasps> But I kind of know that I'm going to change my mind tomorrow. Like I'm going to, I, I've this has literally been my journey right? where I've been like, that's so potent. But then I will speak it out loud. And if I ever go to put it on social media or somewhere, I will break it apart with by the time I've even hit send and post. And I'm like, no, it's completely different. I've completely changed my mind. I've completely flipped reverse that. So then I just wouldn't post, right? Or I wouldn't share yeah. or I wouldn't go out there. And so 
just always say that with anyone with open spaces, especially in the head national, like where are you stopping yourself from sharing? Because you think, oh, something new is going to come in any moment, but actually it keeps you frozen, right? It keeps you actually just not sharing your wisdom that is trying to just come through and help, but we just like to attach to it, right? So, you know what? That's so interesting because I have so many clients who share that and they're like, do you struggle with this, Amy? And I'm like, I don't think I've ever had that experience in my life. Like I wish, <laughs> I wish I could be like, yeah, me too, you know, because yeah. I like people do not feel like they're alone, but I'm like, for me, it's the total opposite. It's like, I get like a lightning bolt. My fingers are typing. I'm in Canva, like putting it in Canva. And then it's just like, <laughs> it's there on the internet as soon as it comes. Um, so that's, that's really powerful. I think for people to hear. Um, you know what I want to do with you, babe, I want you to think of like the myths for each profile, like each personality in human designer, each profile. Um, and like, let's bust some myths, right? So, um, what, like, what are the things that are like these myths that people have about each type? Like I know loads of projectors get confused about what waiting for the invitation really means. And they're just like sitting around doing nothing. So yeah, yeah, let's, (laughs) let's go through each one and like bust these myths. Projectors firstly, I mean, sometimes we're like projectors need to nap all the time, right? Or yeah, projectors need to wait for the (laughs) And you've got all these projectors that are like, mate, no, I'm the complete opposite of that, actually. And <laughs> there are actually like three um, calibrations of projector. So obviously you've got the mental projectors, that's you. So that's really rare. It's like 2% of people are that. We have classic projector where you have, um, it's a normal, it's basically your calibration um, with your centers. So that will be the classic projector, but there's also a type called the energy projector and they have quite a bit more definition in their chart. So you've got people that are those, that type where they're like, what, like really confused. And actually what we can do, like with the, the reason why people will say projectors need more sleep or rest is because they um, have an open sacral. And, um, but that can do the opposite where, you can feel like you are um, taking in and amplifying all of that energy all of the time where it's like, oh my goodness, I'm actually buzzing. Like I don't, I have got energy to do things. And I think it's a real, it's just something I work with, with clients, especially when I'm working with projectors, when they're like, oh, I've just been told that I don't have energy and they start creating this story around it. And it's like, we're all energy beings, right? Of course, you've got energy. You just channel it in a different way with a projector. You know, you laser focus for shortest distance of time. But yeah, that's one. But of course, this waiting for the invite is really big. And I don't know how you re- reacted to that, right? Because I feel like all this quickening, projectors are like epic, epic auras, can see the thing. They're like, this is what I need to do. And then we're like, oh, we've got to wait for this invite. And so I really like to create more empowerment around that with actually you're creating the invite, right? And so you set that that space up correctly. And so once the projectors in that space where they're truly seeing their power, seeing their magic, they're like, yes, okay, awesome. I This is my niche. This is what I am. And people come into that space. Um, it's also, it's not a this is just a really simple example with this invite piece. So many projectors would sit and feel like they can't initiate conversation or they can't start the thing. And actually waiting for the invite is as simple as saying, 
hey, you know what, I'm getting a reading on you. Do you mind if I just share something with you for a minute? And then that person is like, yes or no, right? And then you can share. And so, yeah, it's not passive, right, at all um, to have projector aura. Um, that was a really long answer. <laughs> well, it's good. You know, I've ne- I don't think I've ever had an app in my life and I'm a projector, but I like to, I like to lay and work and be very yeah. comfortable when I work yes. um, and have lots of spaciousness to just do basically sweep fuck all. Um, and yeah, I never resonated with that. I'm like, I don't need a nap. Like, no. that's not what I need. <laughs> No, and this this is it. Um, it's completely it. Sorry, I was looking at your um just trying to look and see your environment style. Sorry, my laptop's going slow. Um, I wanted to see your um, environment style to find I it. I think like, it, um, it, is it where it's like mountains? It's oh, like yeah, minus mountains, it yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It's really feeling like being in the space where we can um do the same like non-sacral beings work really really well from the bit manifestors reflectors projectors great but yeah the nap thing doesn't you don't have to feel that because i just know so many people that are like what <laughs> don't resonate <laughs> um but yeah it's just containing the energy yeah um so i think as well is it's the generator aura and the manifesting generator aura they will generally get to they will be told, okay, you've got to respond. And again, I get this question all of the time in business with people saying to me, well, how do I create an offering then? If I've got to respond, how do I actually create an offering? How do I do the thing? And I think, again, it leaves people really disempowered because we've really been taught that the way that we work in business is to force, is to initiate, is to be selling. And we forget that purest essence of business and creation is literally that it's creating something right it's just literally creating something that feels really good and exciting for you to bring out to the community that you're working with um and so generators have got this real superpower right it's like they can feel really debilitated by it I've worked with so many and maybe you have and then oh I don't like human design it just feels like I don't resonate I don't resonate with the response and I'm like you've got the biggest hub in out of pretty much the whole chart where you've got this incredible ability to draw into your field and actually just create from this really pure space. But actually we're so conditioned away from this generator energy that it can feel like a really big one to get on board with. But again, that's not passive. That is you generating, creating from a space that feels good for you. And people can really come into the space. <clears throat> And, and feel you so it's not none of them are meant to be disempowering you know yeah um, I feel like sometimes some people when they find out they're a generator are disappointed because they think it's like the basic bitch of the human <laughs> design they're like oh like most of society is that and I'm I want to be unique but it's yeah. like some of my girlfriends who are generators like I'm just so in awe of like the capacity that they have to hold so much at once. You know, one of my girlfriends, she's a generator and she's very into nervous system work. And she's also quite like a sensitive, sweet person, but she can have like so many things going at once. And I feel like that's saying something because I'm quite good at juggling like lots of stuff, but I'm just like, girl, look at you go. But she, she would just get like a, an urge or to respond and be like, I'm doing a masterclass, but I'm also doing this at this time. And, 
you know, everything she launches really just always takes off like that. And it's just her living that design. Yeah. And this is it. Like so many people say that I live literally basic bitch uh, of the orotypes. Yes. People feel that. And actually, again, it's like, I'm like, you've got a pretty big job role as a generator. You're here to generate life force on the planet for all of us to be amplifying and experiencing. It's really huge, you know, because this is how we work with each other, with the energy. Um, but exactly. There's so much potency, like as a manifester, because People come to the system and go, oh, but I, I want to be a manifesto. They initiate things. They get things done. I don't have that consistent sacral energy and can honestly share that I have really like detested being this aura type at times. When I was start, starting working with it, I was like, oh, I would love to be a generator that gets to create and generate and be in this energy. Like manifestors are closed and repelling. <laughs> That's my aura. I'm like, I repel everybody. <laughs> And it feels like really isolating with this aura. And you've got to be bold and willing to speak about shit that people don't talk about. And let yeah. me tell you, it's not fun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also with the manifestors, like I have quite a few girlfriends in my life who are manifestors and I actually find manifestors really magnetic. Like I really, I love that kind of, it's just like a different energy, you know? Um, and with them, I know, I know for them that they have really had to come into harmony with themselves about doing like bursts of work. Sometimes they'll like, I don't know, be painting and creating music and writing a program until like two in the morning. And then they'll just like go to Mexico for like four weeks <laughs> and no one's heard from them. And yeah. They're still really successful, but they've had to like in their own mind mentally get okay with the fact that they're not working like a normal human being. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. well, like, I mean, there's, there's not really any such thing as a normal human being, but they're not working in like that sort of stereotypical way that other people might. Yeah, exactly. They call, we call it the manifesto surge. And so they literally will will work for like a few months and it will feel like, oh, I've got the energy. It feels really great. And they will launch a like online shop overnight and create the branding and website and do all the things like within five minutes. And then they'll have all the other stuff lined up and then they'll be like huge crash, you know, like they'll literally go to the space and it doesn't have to be burnout, but that sometimes happens. Yeah. Um, but it's really then literally there's no creative search we call the manifestors of the aura and their, their, their energy is yang yang. So it's very, very, um, it's pure light. It's quite a lot of yang energy in the sense that they like do the thing and then peter out for a bit. So residual income for manifestors is the way, you know, if you are in a bit, if you're creating business and you're, especially in the coaching sphere, I know that's kind of the space that we're in. Um, exchanging your time for money all the time it's just not the way for and that's the case for all open sacrals you know because it's just not the way that you've got to do things you've got to have things that are created when you're in that surge and the energy feels right and then when you're not which can be for months it's like it doesn't matter because you've got that beautiful medicine that you've created when you were in your power um yeah to be sharing with you know um yeah, I see that with some of my manifesto girlfriends, you know, when they like disappear to Mexico or wherever they've gone and they'll just be like, they'll just put a course up that they already created for like a flash sale. And then they're like, just 
promoting things that already exist while they're like dancing on a table somewhere you know and I'm just (laughs) like yeah you go girl that's so fucking cool um but I think it's like it's a liberating thing to understand the way that you work um in human design as well because I feel like when you don't work in a stereotypical way, like a lot of people get these stories around being irresponsible or being disorganized or like not having their shit together because they're resting or they need like periods of time off or they work in a sort of strange and beautiful way. Mm, Yes. And this is it. It gives you so much. It just takes away that noise when you're like, oh no, this is actually the way that it gets to be. And so Yeah, I think the myth of the manifesto is really around the the initiative, how we just assume that that's really easy because actually so many people reject that in people, right? Like it's actually not always the best thing. We kind of think, especially as generators, like, oh, I just want to have that initiative power. I want to be able to do that. We demonize people generally for the ones that like speak or like go out there and are like, I'm going to do the thing. And then we're quick to be like, they're so, oh, they're so bold. I don't like that. I don't actually think that's great. And we kind of feel this rejection uh, towards that aura. Um, and so, yeah, I think as well, if anyone is a manifester, close and repelling, I love that you've experienced it feeling like, yeah, they're really magnetic because they are. And so the journey with the manifester is allowing themselves to hold that aura. And so many of them shy away from it because they can feel that they have effect on people, but mm. don't really like to own it um yeah and yeah then, yeah and, and then, then reflector right we've got yeah. that left to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were like this was a real as soon as I started I was like mate we're gonna be here all night <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, about that <laughs> I love it um, and so yeah I literally don't need any um coaxing to send, send hours <laughs> about human design I'm like happily stay here for five hours um yeah reflector is such a beautiful aura and so they're about one percent of the population and if we were looking into communities reflectors would be the ones that would be um who we'd really go to to um attune like who what's going on in the environment how healthy is the morale here what's happening they're incredibly sensitive now a lot of the time (laughs) i always feel sorry for like most of the projectors that live a normal life because their descriptions like the mystic, the sensitive, the dancer. You've got these like men that I've met that are like reflectors, like what? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a mystic and a dancer. Like that's not <laughs> useful for me when I'm like trying to live out my best life and align with myself. And so essentially it gets called that because of reflectors completely open and um, feeling like they um they can be really really cosmically attuned so very sensitive to every single day and people can see that as a weakness they can see the openness is is not so great on the human design chart when in fact it's the complete opposite because actually when people are really tuned into their energy body and that of course their body and they're they're the same they need to be worked with together um but they can be one day a manifester, the next day manifesting generator, whatever day we're having in the transit. So um, globally, that's they have the experience of actually embodying that. So they're very, very powerful as, as, a, as a reflector. It's definitely not a um, softly, softly, overly sensitive kind of vibe mm. that sometimes they get branded with in a way that's like not as impactful as the other auras when in fact it's 
totally the opposite. They're very, very powerful. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I love working with reflectors. I always think of the reflectors as like the wizards. And yeah. me and my girlfriend, whenever we like have a party or drink wine, we always end up like analyzing everyone who's coming, like what their human design is. And she'll always be like, there's a reflector coming to the party. Like, and we'll get really excited if it's a reflector. Uh, we're, we're projectors being her, but we're always really excited when someone's a reflector because it's just like so unique and cool. Yeah, it is. I, I'm the same. If someone comes through for a reading, I'm like, so basically I'm just going to interview you for the next 90 minutes to just figure out how you live your life, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Amazing. Um, so what would your advice be just to finish things off for anyone who's on a journey of manifestation? Like if you could identify one thing in the chart for manifesting with more ease, what would you look at? Would it be like the profile numbers? Would it be the strategy? Like where, where's the place to go? I would start with strategy every time and, and authority. They're always the two. And so they seem really basic and like I'll have people come through for a reading and then they'll come through for a second reading and we spend more time diving into those because they're so deep but they're like yeah I, I get it I get that I'm an emotional authority or I get that I'm a mental authority or whatever and I'm like yeah but do you right I'm <laughs> using that because no matter what like through human design it doesn't matter whether you get into the depths of the gates and what gates connected to what body part you know and all of the things, if you are not living in alignment with your strategy and authority, you are going to be hitting resistance, right? Mm. And so all of this and the beauty of human design and keeping it really simple as to why we use it is because we are all, of course, a product of our choices. And so this system allows us, like so many other modalities, to give us a new awareness. And it's the awareness that precedes choice, ultimately. Yeah. And so once we really understand oh my goodness I've been trying to make a decision through my mind and not through my body through the end through the emotions or through my gut response or through my intuition you know whatever authority you are um no wonder I've been hitting roadblocks and so strategy authority every time to move yourself into purpose you know that's where we always start yeah and here's a little selfish question, but I do have quite a few mental projectors who follow me. What, what do we do? Because we don't have any inner authority. So when I always read that, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can just do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ain't got asked no spleen or no, like, <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> Yours is literally, you have to hear it out loud. This is sounding board authority. It's, the, it's the hearing the frequency of your words. And so I don't know if you use Tristan for this or whoever you use, maybe Benji, like whoever <laughs> you need to use. Like sit with me for a minute, hun. I need to just riff out loud for something that's coming up for me. You don't need them to weigh in. It's you simply hearing the, the frequency of the voice, the tone of your voice, and just sensing how that is. Of course. What can take away from that for mental projectors is the conditioning in the open centers. Like if you're in an environment that doesn't feel good for you and you're with people that literally are just sucking the life force out of you that did not inspire, do not expand, do not stretch you. It feels like that will, it will, it will take away from the trust that you have in the boy, in your voice. And actually even what you allow yourself to 
put out there into the space for your potential decision. Um, so yeah, sounding board authority is rare, but it's it's one of the ones where you hear it. And so voice notes, hearing yourself speak, they're really good for anyone that just needs to hear it out loud. Um, it's similar to the self-projected projectors as well um, from the G Center. They work similarly that they need to hear, hear themselves out loud, say the things. Yeah, that makes sense. All my self-projected clients are always leaving all those vo voice notes. <laughs> <laughs> And then they just write underneath, like, you don't actually need to listen to this. Like, I've got my answer. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm glad I could hold this space for you. <laughs> yes, it does exactly it. So like just they just need to hear it out loud, just need to hear themselves say something out loud. And it's like, right, there we go. That's where it feels. I, I can hear that I sound in my truth there, you know? Yeah. Brilliant, babe. This has been so fascinating. I feel like we could definitely talk for many more hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's so much. I'm like, ah, I wanted to actually speak the other. Yeah, there's so many things, but I don't realize, you know, when you ask, what should we, what should we share? What do you want to share? I'm like, we'll keep it open. And then things pop up all the time. I'm like, hey, we can talk about sex and human design. We can talk about this and human design. There's so many things. Oh my um, goodness. So yeah, it's, yeah, juicy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And um, whether you want people to come and find you, I mean, everyone should just get reading with Emma truly, because it's like, it's so beautiful having the specific wisdom for what's going on for you and like for your chart and your jinkies. So where should they come? Oh, they can come onto uh, Instagram, um, just at emma.barfield or my website, which is the same emmabarfield.com um readings are a beautiful beautiful gift to self and of course they're recorded you can keep them forever um and also have also got a living in high definition container right now where i'm taking people through it's teaching human design so they can become a reader at the end of it if it feels good they can go on and pursue that as a career or it might be that you use it just to deepen your own understanding like I've got several people in there that are studying it just for them and just understand like really diving into the code and the flow of energy with a beautiful group so yeah there's there's some beautiful things that are right now if anyone is excited by HD <laughs> amazing thank you so much I'm gonna thank love and leave you. you got really fucking dark in here so I'm gonna <laughs> turn on the lights and um I hope to see you soon love when I come to a pizza yes thank you so much for having me it's been beautiful thank you so much for tuning in i hope this episode ignited you expanded you and enriched your heart your mind your life in some way if it did reach out on instagram my handle is this is amy rushworth or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful. And it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage, and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.